You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the Aaron Says What Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey, Podsicles, and welcome to another edition of the Aaron Says What Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Today, uh, we have another interview from yet another person that uh, I came across from my MMA accounts. I should just do interviews from people that come across my MMA accounts because those seem to be the most popular. Gary Smith from Corolla Digital, as in Adam Corolla, who uh, helps with Adam's many podcasts, but I will let him tell you all about that. So let's try to get him on the line right now. Gary Smith. How's it going, Aaron? Hey, good, man. Uh, welcome to the Aaron Says What podcast. I'm just uh, adjusting here a little bit. How are you today? I am doing good. Let me switch you over. Does it sound better? How's that? Oh, that's great. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. How do I sound? Cool. Sounds great. Awesome. Well, uh, I don't usually have a ton of questions. Thanks for having me. What's that? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I, I, uh, you know, I like to go on these things. I don't usually have a ton of questions prepared, but this time I do just because I'm so curious about, you know, some of the things that you do. Um, and I obviously, I, yeah, I, int- for sure. I, uh, gave you an intro before I had you on. I probably should have had you on for it, but, uh, you know, how does one become employed with Adam Corolla? Is it the classifieds, indeed.com, a friend of a friend? Please share. Um, there's been a few different paths. Um, I can tell you mine, and then I'll give you an example of a few of the other guys. Sure. Um, I I basically was looking for something to do for like six months. Um, I, I had a job at a law firm, and I was planning on going to law school. Um, but everyone encouraged me to work at a law firm and get some real-world experience before I did that. And uh, I think that had the desired effect of everyone who told me that because I realized that I didn't necessarily want to uh, go to law school and deal with that world. Yeah. So uh, after I decided that, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was considering going back to school, uh, getting an MBA, um, you know, or something like that. And uh, I just basically wanted something to do for a few months so that I had a gig while I was studying for the GMAT and, and stuff like that. Cause it just didn't really feel like a year out of college, I should be taking six months off right. uh, from the workforce. I just, that didn't sound appealing to me. And uh, one night I was, up real late looking for the podcast because I I discovered Adam's podcast while I was working at that job that I didn't like and it kind of got me through the last three months and uh, after I got done with the backlog and I could only listen to an hour or an hour and a half a day <laughs> I uh, I pretty quickly decided I needed to move on from that job um, and I saw that there was a live podcast down in Irvine it was the first time he'd ever done that um, it was I don't know maybe the first time anyone had ever done that yeah. I was uh, almost almost eight years ago. And, uh, that's the improv closest to my hometown. I I was living in LA at the time, but it was a decent excuse to go down and sleep in my parents' house and eat free food. So, uh, (laughs) I bought a single ticket and I went down there 
And I kind of just stalked, you know, I was sort of assessing who it seemed like was in charge of running the show, not necessarily Adam, but who was kind of Adam's right-hand man. And I identified a gentleman who uh, is what I later discovered was Donnie Mizrahi. And I waited until he wasn't really doing something. And I walked up to him and I said, I want to come work for the podcast for free. I want to intern for a few months. I'm, I just quit. I'm about to quit my job and I want to come work for free. And he said, well, this is in December. And he said, well, uh, here's an email address. Um, we're stopping down for a few weeks for uh, Christmas, but email me after the first of the year and send me your resume and we'll talk. And I had thought this out a little bit and I had a printed resume in my breast pocket and I pulled it out and handed it to him. And I said, I'll still email you, but here you go. Great. And he said he was very impressed by that and said, okay, well, here's an actual email address that somebody actually monitors. Um, I'm impressed that you were prepared. You've clearly thought this out. So <laughs> same deal, you know, email me in two weeks, but, but, you know, good looking out that you had that ready. That, that shows that you're, you know, whatever you have something, you you put a little thought into this. Well, clearly you have good um, parents. So I, sorry, go ahead. I, I said, clearly you have good parents, you know, you have, Someone that taught you how to be prepared or, or maybe you did that on your own. But, you know, I, I always try to tell my kids the same thing. Be ready for anything. You know, be prepared. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, you didn't interrupt. Absolutely. Um, I, it's, you know, it's a little of both. I, uh, I, I would like to think that I've learned a lot from my parents. Uh, my dad's a businessman and kind of always instilled, you know, he was a, he was in a managerial position for uh, much of my childhood and he would tell me stories about stuff that employees did and, you know, how, why they frustrated him and why they made him view them in specific ways. So I learned a lot from that. And, you know, I just try to be detail oriented. I listened to Adam a lot, so I certainly yeah. wasn't going to go in and ask for a job with Adam, you know, not being prepared the way Adam would have been prepared. You know, I knew his story of the boxing gym and all that. So, yeah. or the boxing story with Kimmel and all that rather. So that was kind of how I got in. I, I then pestered that email address once a week with a different email for about three and a half months until somebody replied to me and, uh, and gave me an in-person interview and uh, started as an unpaid intern and slowly worked my way up. You mentioned uh, friends of friends, uh, yes. Chris Loxamana, me, Chris Loxamana and Matt Fondelier are kind of the, uh, the three guys sort of in charge over there, at least in terms of production of the podcast on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you got guys like Dawson, um, who's definitely got more seniority than us, but he kind of only works on the flagship, whereas me and Matt and Chris are kind of responsible for all aspects of the podcast company. Um, so Chris was a friend of a friend at the time. We had a guy working for us named Logan, and we were looking for a, a sound guy. And Logan said, well, I know this guy, Chris, and he's a musician, and he's, uh, he's classically trained in audio engineering. So Chris and I and Matt all started within about two and a half, three weeks of each other. So Chris came on as a friend of a friend. Yeah. Matt cold emailed a resume um, to uh, no, actually, sorry, cold, uh, cold uh, snail mailed a resume. Wow. And at the time at, he mailed it on, I believe he used either letterhead or an envelope from the company he was working at at the time, which I think was new line. It was one of the movie studios. Right. And uh, someone who saw the letter had worked there before and opened it and read his resume. And he got in just because that person knew that company and knew that if he was working there, that he wasn't a slacker. He was, you know, he wasn't, wasn't screwing up because they don't tolerate it. So he got in that way. Um, And then uh, Dylan, who's our most recent employee, 
Testered Lynette on LinkedIn. Oh, and wow. And Kaylin. Now, Lynette is <laughs> so Adam Carolla's an wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Kaylin uh, is Michael Bean's son. And that was as simple as very good timing. I needed a new intern. And I was kind of... Sometimes we'll put it out there, you know, email interns at adamcarolla.com and right. we'll, we'll look through them and we'll, we'll pick some, pick a few interviews from there. But that's an annoying process. And I don't like doing it. So I was kind of procrastinating. And after Michael Bean was on, his wife emailed us and said, I have a son who's looking for an internship. You know, would you, would you give him an interview? And because I was looking, I said yes. And then she emailed me back, uh, a day later and said, well, we have another son who also now heard about this and is jealous and he wants an interview too. Wow. And I said, okay. And the, I, so I scheduled the, the initial one first and then I scheduled the brother second. And the first kid came in just you know, wearing cargo shorts and flip flops, which frankly <laughs> not a big deal, but wasn't the best first impression. And we asked for a resume and he didn't have one with him. And that pretty much sealed it for me. And his older brother came in dressed a little, or younger brother rather, came in dressed a little bit more professionally. Had a uh, had a resume, had a you know story of what he had done before and what he liked about the podcast and what he wanted to do. And Kaylin got the job, even though she had initially asked for his brother Devin. Yeah, if you if you can't meet the minimum requirements to the interview, it's usually it's a sign of things to come. It usually always is. So I mean, good judgment call there for sure. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you're ultimately going to kind of, at the end of the day, the people come in for the interview or whatever, but, yeah. you know, when you sit down, when they're all gone, you're going to pick from a stack of resumes. That kid didn't have anything in the stack, so there's, like, no chance I could pick them. People don't I mean, understand for, that. I you mean, know. We tell these kids, you know, stand yeah. out, do your best, and, and the, for some reason, they think they'll still be in the middle of the pack, and you know, from years and years of experience with, with, with hiring and firing and this and that, I can tell you this, it is not hard to stand out from the pack, you know, be on time, do what you say you're going to do and be prepared. It's yeah, it's counterintuitive to me because I wouldn't know how else to do it, but it, you know, Adam, Adam is fond of saying, and I've heard him say throughout my, you know, my entire time of listening to him, which goes probably 20 years, maybe even more. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, you'd be amazed. You, you never think as a kid how many adults are terrible at their jobs. Oh, and yeah. not a day goes by where that isn't reinforced in me. And it's just so crazy to me how kind of doing what you're supposed to do, not even not even going above and beyond, but yeah. doing kind of the baseline of what you should do yep. is considered sort of exemplary in our society. And God forbid you go 15, 20% over the bar. Yeah. You look like a goddamn rock star. You which do. Is always surprising to me, but. No, I mean, you're absolutely right, man. And. You know, I, I don't know. And, and a lot of that's, you can't teach people. Some, sometimes they either have it or they don't, you know. And, you know, I have six different kids. I got one that's, uh, pretty much like a self-cleaning oven. She's 17. And then I have a 15 year old who I have to nudge a little bit. He's finally starting to get some of the things I say and it's showing like in his grades and his football and, and that sort of thing. But a lot of people just have that in them. Like Adam, you know, who you hear on his podcast all the time talks about his terrible parents, but he had that in him, you know, to do what he's supposed to do and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's gotta be hard with a 15 year old because just on the surface, you don't want to listen to anything, no matter how correct it, it, it is coming out of your parents at 15. But no. you know, that's a, uh, luckily 
at least in my experience, that's a, a hump you overcome. And uh, ultimately, the, the message is getting through and it will I would imagine it will be enacted down the road. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how many, you know, I I I, I worry about where we'll be 10 or 15 years down the road. I mean, yeah. not to get not to take it in a political thing, yeah. but all this a lot of this campus culture really worries me. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. These kids that are just allowed to do and feel whatever the hell they want, regardless of what scientists are saying, is just a little tough for me. It's tough for me too, man. I'm 20 plus years removed from college, and and uh, you know I went to Mizzou where a lot of that stuff happened last year, University of Missouri Columbia, and I'm sending my daughter there yeah. next year. And uh, you know we didn't have that kind of shit going on back then. It's just crazy. And not only is it going on, but you have a culture where you're encouraging these kids to miss class and speak their mind. And you're not there to learn how to speak their mind. You're there to learn a trade. You know, you're there to work hard and go to school and propel yourself into the future, you know? Yeah. And you know what? If you want to speak your mind, by all means, but don't inhibit others to no. be able to do what they need to do, like learn and don't don't miss class to do it. Go to school. You have free time. And if you feel like you need to get out there and get your message heard, please don't block traffic. Please don't assault anyone no. and do it in your free time. And I think we'll be okay. Yeah. But this, I mean, I don't know if you guys have it out there, but out in LA, we got people, you know, blocking the freeways and then ambulances can't get places. And it's just like, come on, like that can't. And, and the LAPD is like, well, they got the right to protest. Yeah. Like, um, no, I don't. I don't think they do like that. I think they have the right to go peacefully stand in MacArthur Park and protest, yep. but the 405 is for, you know, taxpayers to commute and get home to their families. I will tell you so, this. That was, that was a tangent. I am an hour and a half from uh, Ferguson, Missouri, and I just missed the protest because I was on an airplane last weekend. So uh, uh, luckily I, I, I didn't see anything going on. I heard they were going to try to, you know, impede the airport from functioning properly and this and that. And I didn't experience any of that. Thank goodness. But it, it, yeah, it's kind of crazy how all this stuff goes on. Let's, we're, we're getting on that tangent. And you're right. But uh, now you guys all have nicknames, which may be annoying to you guys, but it really, as a listener helps me associate who's who, you know what I mean? So now you are, yeah, sure. uh, if you don't mind going over those real quick. So uh, let's, let's go with you, Matt. And uh, oh, yeah, you and Matt, you and, and uh, Chris, of course. Sure. Um, and where'd they come from? Sorry. So Matt, yeah, no problem. So Matt, um, back in the day, uh, I referenced Donnie earlier who, uh, held my job for a long time. And, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess I've held it longer than he did, but he, he was, he was Adam's main producer for a long time. Uh, and back when we all started, Matt was just kind of doing write-ups and eventually turned into Adam's assistant. And we all had different jobs, but one day Adam came in as he is wont to do and started in on Matt. I don't, I don't even remember about what he wasn't yelling at him or anything, but he was just kind of giving him stuff to do and giving him pressure. And apparently earlier in the day, Matt had shit up the bathroom pretty bad. <laughs> and Donnie heard this interaction going on and screamed from the back, stop yelling at the kid. You're going to give him IBS. He already <laughs> blew up the bathroom once. And that was where Porcelain Punisher came from. Nice. Uh, I don't think it happened right that moment. I think it was the next show. Often these things, these things kind of morph and, and they usually happen on the air. So Adam will, <laughs> will get the idea probably off the air and then wait till he's on the air to say the name for the first time. Um, Chris's, 
I don't know if there really was a genesis to Max Apata. I, I think he just said it once and kept going. I, I don't, that's a lame answer. I don't know the answer. That would be a, a question for Chris. Yeah. Um, mine, um, most of my friends, oh, a lot of my friends are New Yorkers, like 80, 85% of them. Um, I joined a Jewish fraternity when I was in college. And as a result, I ended up with about 95 to 98% Jewish friends. And a lot of them are from the ones in LA, almost all live in the Valley. And the ones in New York are all from Long Island and have since moved into the city. Um, and I'm sure will very shortly move back out to the Island to start their own families. Um, but none of them listen. They all delight in making fun of me that, um, I have this public, somewhat public job. Um, and they like to call me famous and because <laughs> they know it makes me uncomfortable. Um, but I mean, I would, I would have it no other way. I love my friends. I love the ball busting. Right. Um, it's great. But, uh, apparently one of my friends, uh, good friends is a daily listener of the Corolla show and has been forever. And he let it go to my buddy Jake that Adam had been telling a bunch of stories about retarded Gary and how stupid <laughs> Gary is and all the stupid shit that Gary does. And I got a call one night at like 10 PM. I was driving somewhere and it was, 15 of my frat, my old frat brothers all on, uh, all on a uh, conference. They had just gotten home from like dinner and partying and they were all drunk and making fun of me about how my boss is making fun of me on the air. So the next day I walked in and I, none of these stories were about me, by the way, they're right. about Gary Fultard who works at the other shop, <laughs> who's an exceptionally nice guy, but can't really be compared to me at all. He's about, I don't know. He's an enigma. I can't, I'm not sure, but I would guess that he's probably 55 to <laughs> 60 years old. He's missing a few fingers from construction related accidents over the years. I believe he lives in a trailer out on some land that his mom owns. Um, he's a, he's an extremely nice guy. He's just very different from me. He's a, a journeyman builder and carpenter. And so the next day I went into work and I walked up to Adam right before the show started and I said, Hey, I'm hearing about it from my friends that think that you're calling me retarded Gary and that <laughs> you think that I'm stupid and I don't want to hear it anymore. Can you please just somehow clarify that you mean Gary Butters? <laughs> and he's kind of smiled at me and said, okay. And he got on the air and I think it took him about four minutes to start telling a Gary Butters story. And he said, full tard, not half tard who we have over here at the podcast. <laughs> and it's been like that ever since. So I ultimately asked for, I asked for mine. Yeah. No, I didn't know what it would be, but I asked for some delineation and that was the way he did it. And I, I kind of said to him right after the show, well, I asked for that and I'm sure that's never going away. Awesome. Kind of smiled at me and walked away. Well, you are forever known as Gary Haftard. Well, maybe you will graduate somehow that, uh, the porcelain punisher seems to be graduating to seeker of pleasure. So, uh, you, you got that yeah, going that's for a funny one. Actually, we've been, me and me and a few of the staff members have been, uh, quietly encouraging those where it's are you a game of thrones fan no you know i've never watched it i, I plan on binge watching it at some okay. point but i don't i haven't watched them yeah no it's, you don't need to really understand but okay. there's some of the characters have these elaborate um names where anytime they're introduced uh it'll be like this is daenerys uh stormborn first of her name mother's mother of dragons the seeker of you know, whatever so we've right. been encouraging all of these other nicknames for matt because 
although Adam would never get it. We thought the fans might find it funny if we can get Matt to be announced in a Game of Thrones style thing. So that's that's where that's all coming from. But uh, okay. yeah, he's he's graduating. You know, I don't. I really don't care about my nickname. It doesn't bother me. Um, I'm surprised that none of my friends have really figured that one out. Um, and don't screw with me on it. But uh, I I think it's funny. I when every now and then, very rarely, a fan will come up to me at a show or something and ask me to sign the book that Adams just signed. And I I've taken to signing him Gary Halfdars. Awesome. Just because well, whatever. I think it's fun. I mean, I just actually I just write half T, but. But that's how I sign it because, you know, whatever. If you're a fan, you know that name. And yeah. what the hell do you want my actual signature for? That's more, that's funnier in my opinion. Well, and, you know, you're, you're remembered. I mean, what, what can be worse, you know? And people know who you are. They're obviously, yeah. they, they like you. So, and, and uh, you know, I've known yeah. you or known about you rather for quite some time, but you and I connected kind of like a lot of my listeners connect and a lot of my guests connect through my MMA accounts. So, uh, right. The Dana Unleash and the Iaquinta Realty. Now, you let me in on a fantastic shout out that I would have totally missed. Ariel, Ariel Hwani, rather, on the MMA Hour podcast was interviewing Al Iaquinta. Now, my listeners are in the know that I have a parody Al account called, uh, Iaquinta Realty. Now, the funny part is, lots of people don't know if it's an actual parody or Al because he apparently has a sense of humor. So Ariel is one of the ones that has seemed unsure. And I have two different Iaquinta clips. I'm going to go ahead and play those real quick. Here's the first one. How's the real estate going? Good. It's going very well. I'm uh, enjoying it. I'm learning new things every day and uh, making some money. So it's good. And and you even have your own Twitter feed for the real estate. (laughs) There is a Twitter feed for my real estate. Yes. Yes. It's great. It's very entertaining. What are we at now? Three Twitter feeds? Uh, who, who's counting? I don't know. <laughs> Is there more? I don't know. You okay. don't know. Um, and, and, and <laughs> or maybe there's less than you think there is. Okay. Maybe it's somebody else. All right. Now, here's the second one. This was, uh, the it was last day. week, I think, when Mike Perry was on talking about ingesting metal. Oh, I wonder what I did. Well, because sometimes you're on the uh, the realtor account, and sometimes you're on, or that's not you. Cracking me up. Ah, you don't, you'll never know. It's so crazy because <laughs> the other one, that, that one has like 500 followers and more. But yeah. your other one has like several thousand, and yet the real fun is on the realtor side, which is weird because you would think the the realtor side would be like the boring business one. No, no, that's when the real party happens. That's the party right there, I guess. <laughs> shout out, shout out, raging out. <laughs> what is it, raging out realty? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, now watch yeah. this. This is yeah, where the they guy's so me. nice. The one who runs it DMs me. Was a great guy. Right? Does he do a podcast now? No, no. Me. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, they they buried me, didn't they? Hey, I thought that was I thought that was decently high praise. I no, mean, no, no, no. That, was... that show gets a lot of listeners. I was like, uh, I was like, man, that, there is a podcast, man. There is, but uh, I, I thought it was, no. I I I really took that whole thing flattering. Uh, you know, those two different interviews and the tweet in question was uh, Mike Perry, a, another MMA fighter was on. He was talking about how he somehow had metal in his system. And I tweeted out Mike Perry got drunk and ate somebody's change. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that's where, that's what he was talking about. And the real I, I Quinta had no idea, but uh, he will actually be an upcoming guest on this podcast as well. So we, we, we worked that all out last night. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> But uh, now, oh, very cool. You know, you work on 
probably the biggest podcast or at least the biggest podcast network on in the on the planet. So I used to only know about two podcasts, Joe Rogan, who in the early days actually re- referenced Adam as someone who really had podcasting figured out. And of course, the Adam Carolla show. Now, people, people have no idea what goes in it, really. All the moving parts, the editing, the drops, the live reads. And, and one of the things that appealed to me just as a listener back when there was more like limited data and slower downloads was how quickly you could download an hour or two hour plus podcast. And that's no accident, right? It's not an accident, but I think you would be surprised as to what the genesis of it was. Okay. I'd love to know. Well, things have been modified over the years, for sure. As things have changed in the industry, we have adapted and we have changed. But the initial reason for the small file size, the the fast download speed, is a combination of A, good hosts, Good hosting, so that helps with your download speed if you are hosted on a smaller, you know, a smaller uh, hosting service, then the download speed can suffer. But it, the download speeds are also very obviously very highly tied to the file size. Right. And the reason that the file size was so small, at least at first, was because when Adam started his podcast, he had ten months left on a very lucrative contract with CBS Radio, um, and he had a non-compete clause. So what that meant was that he was allowed to do the podcast and do whatever he wanted, but he wasn't allowed to uh, to make any money off it or monetize it at all. So when you have a podcast of his size, it's not like uh, a normal deal where you can just sign up with Libsyn and then however many people download it, they download. It's you start making deals with these hosting companies and you pay per megabyte. Right. So if... 500,000 people download and your file size is 50 megabytes versus 30 megabytes, you're talking about serious money. So that was kind of why it started, was just in those early years. You know, obviously now we've, it's a little better and it's still still fast and still a small Mm -hmm. size, but uh, we've upgraded it a little bit just for quality reasons. No, I understand. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of podcasters out there and especially the ones that have been doing it for a while. You know, I always tell people if you're watching a YouTube video from 2011, there's probably something better out there or there's a different method out there because things are just evolving all the time. But, you know, these guys are just swear by their large waveform files and uh, their gigantic download sizes and this and that. And they seem to think everyone that listens is an engineer. They just want a clean sound and, you know, an, an easy access. Am I wrong there? I don't think you are. I mean... There have been, I, I'm not going to name names, but there have been people throughout uh, our company and, you know, not necessarily inside, but uh, close friends, you know, outside consultants who have lobbied for uh, much higher file, much higher file sizes and, uh, and audio quality. And uh, I've always been the, the Scrooge McDuck in the room who just shouts him down and goes, no. You, you don't get to make that decision because you went to audio school. Yeah. I don't care if you think, think it sounds better. I listen to podcasts three hours a day, every day on my commute. Right. And I've never once, aside from one that's just shittily engineered and in a room where the mics aren't set up right, right. I've never once thought about sound quality. It's not music. If, it, if it's a music podcast, for instance, Dawson has Front of House, his music podcast. And he records that in 256-bit stereo. Right. And he releases it that way. And it's a much larger file, but it sounds significantly better he's played me on multiple devices because you know he's he loves he loves the audio quality and he's he's not one of the ones who's really advocated for it but 
you know, he's played me a version of his show the way it's mixed down as a Corolla show and a version of his show the way he releases it. And it is, it is absolutely noticeable. Right. But he's also played me the Corolla show both of those ways. And it's maybe it's 10% better, yeah. but it, for a, you know, for a 200 to 300% file size change. So when it's spoken word, it's just, there's no need in my opinion. Right. No. I know there are people out there who disagree with me who want to listen on their super expensive headphones with oh. their, you know, $5,000 hi-fis, but I don't listen to verbal audio that way, so I just don't see the need. I've never seen so much blowback, and I was going to talk about this in a minute, but, I, you know, I run this Facebook group called Podcasting Made Simple. And I don't advocate you set up like I do or record like I do. I just basically said, hey, this is easy for me. This is what I do. And people, people are like, no, you can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. You have to have a backup recorder. No, no, no. That's not how you set up a mix minus. You have to run it through the FX and this and that. And I, I don't know how to do that shit. I'm not an engineer. I, I, it sounds okay. I, you know, I get a good recording from both. Well, ends. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm here to tell you as a producer of arguably the biggest podcast, uh, most listeners per year, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's. Those numbers, in my opinion, are all very subjective at this yep. point, but we're one of the big boys. I don't think that that's really debatable. There is no way you have to do it. No. There just isn't. Anyone who's, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the people who take the time to go on Facebook and tell people they're doing something wrong. If it works <laughs> for you and you're, you have listeners, then you're doing it fine. Yeah. I will. Like, t- should you be open to suggestions? Yes. Sure. By all means, hear somebody out. If somebody's reasonable and tell, gives you some advice, but ultimately make your own decision. There is no way you have to do it. There just isn't. Well, and, and I found a lot of these problems too, is these people get, they get a little whatever to review some of these products. So, you know, they, they try to tell you, you know, use this, use an iRig, use this. And, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Anymore. There's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And, you know, I've had people try to get me to do that. And it's like, I, I luckily have a little bit more leverage just because of my position. Right. So my answer is always no. You could, if you want to send me your product, I'll use it and I'll review it honestly. But you're taking the chance that that's, that honesty is not going to be the honesty you want to hear. Yeah. And I've had people go, that's fine. I trust my product. I don't care. Here you go. It's coming in the mail. And I've had people say, well, given that caveat, thanks for no thanks. And I'm perfectly fine with that too. I'm just, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hawk for a product that isn't good. If somebody sends me something that, that's good, that I like, I'll absolutely advocate it. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily what we use at the Corolla show, if I think it's a good product, I'll I'll say that. I, I just, and it's not some crusade of my integrity or whatever. It's just, no. I don't, I don't want to be on the air hawking shit just because I got a free iRig out of it. And I'm not sing- singling iRig out. We use a right. lot of their, we use some of their stuff. It's and it's not a bad stuff, product, but you just, don't have to have it. Right. Absolutely. There's no, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. I know these people kind of get, they, they get on teams and they want to keep their guy at that company happy. So right. they keep getting gear and it's like, that's understandable, but calm down. I could never in good conscience tell someone they have to spend $1,500 on equipment just to get their spoken word out there for people to listen. You know what I mean? Especially if they don't know if they're going to be successful, if they don't know they're going to stick around with it, you know? So yeah, it, it's an integrity listen. thing for sure. Post the, feel free to post this clip to your group if you want. Sure. I can produce an Adam Carolla, I can produce an Adam Carolla show out of my backpack for under $500 and you would not know we weren't in the studio. Holy moly. That's awesome. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that that doesn't take a lot, take some experience and some time to set things up and, you know, a little bit of know-how, but anyone who tells you that you, that the barrier to entry for podcasting is several thousand dollars is wrong. 
Oh, I, I mean, is wrong or is trying to sell their own product. Well, I can tell you this. some ulterior motive. You know, I have a nice recording space up here, and I have a little amp that goes into my microphone, so you can't hear my ear conditioning right now. But I don't have a bunch of blankets on the wall. I'm not in a closet. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm in a nice open area, and I'm comfortable. And, and, and you know, there's ways to do it, you know? And I'll do it. Yeah, Absolutely. I'll do a couple of things post-production. That's a little more advanced. That took me a couple of years to learn. But, you know, other than that, it's 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 as simple. Um, now, my favorite of the Corolla podcast, the one I don't ever miss, is Ace on the House. Not because I'm into carpentry, but I'm blessed to live in a massive house with my wife and kids, and I'm constantly doing shit to it. And I've gotten a lot of ideas from those guys. But that's got to be a blast working with Ray and Adam and Eric. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um I stopped working with Eric uh, a few months ago because the guys were doing it at 9 a.m. and I recently moved out of L.A. and the commute became pretty brutal. Um, so I, I see Eric uh, when he's in, but I, if you haven't heard me on that show, that's that's why there's okay. been an absence there. But uh, yeah, I, I like that show too. For a long time, that was my favorite show. Uh, it's sort of been edged out by Reasonable Doubt recently, uh, which I think is just kind of, uh, it's the freshest or it's the newest thing, but, uh, yeah, I love it. And, you know, Ray and I, I think that there's a misconception as to Ray's relationship with some of the lackeys. I mean, Ray's a friend of mine. Like, Ray and I go golfing That's independent awesome. of work, you know, not like, Hey, we happen to be at work. Let's, you know, we're, we're finished. Let's go. It's like, no, we'll call each, we'll call each other up when yeah. we haven't seen each other in five days and don't plan to record for another five and just go hang out. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun and it's a very, weird interesting thing to have been listening to adam for 15 or 20 years and now all of a sudden his crazy friend ray is also my crazy friend ray so that's awesome it's uh it's surreal but yeah that podcast i agree i mean i don't i don't really know what i'm doing i can hang a <laughs> towel rack and i can i can fix up some stuff around the house get a tv mounted but uh yeah you're not gonna see me mudding drywall or anything but i still really enjoy that show no, it's like, uh, you know, Rodney Dangerfield said, you know, everyone's talking about how handy their estimates or their, uh, their husbands are. And he spends a year and a half getting estimates, you know, and that's me. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I never miss, uh, I wish I could watch all or listen to all the, uh, Adam Carolla show episodes, but I, it, you guys put a lot of content out there and, uh, I never miss the Joe Coys, the Jay Moores and definitely a big fan of any Tortorich because, uh, you know, I'd listen to Adam and Drew before it was like five days a week and, uh, I put on some weight after a neck injury, and while walking, I, I heard him on Adam and Drew. I couldn't exercise like I used to, and his diet made sense, so I cleaned up my diet, got on a bike, never looked back. It's been, it'll be three years, I think October, right? No, two years maybe. I, I can't, no, yeah, uh, two years, right? Probably close, probably two. Yeah, two years, sorry. Yep, 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 and, uh. Um, well, well, don't miss. I don't know when you're releasing this, but as we record this, don't miss tomorrow. He's, okay. uh, he's making his appearance tomorrow. Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Vinny A as a person. He's a, he's a good dude. He's always been exceptionally nice to me. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just, I've said this before uh, on the podcast and on Twitter, but you'd be amazed how much, uh, being a nice person and being, uh, prepared will, will get you uh get you called back i mean Vinny's a nice guy right. if i need to make a change in the schedule or something he never gives me any flack about it if he you know if he can't do the adjustment that we need to do he just he says so and we figure it out but uh you know chet waterhouse uh jeff cesario is a recent addition to the uh, corolla universe and will be 
recurring that way as well. Um, you know, it's just, I, I got enough shit going on in my day to not want to really deal with a pain in the ass, but the people who are easy to deal with and uh, nice guys and who are enjoyable to hang out around and be around the shop, it's crazy how far just being a nice dude will get you. And, uh, yeah, I love, I love Vinny too. I was actually just talking to him about an hour and a half ago about, uh, what I should be doing in anticipation of, uh, my wedding. Cause I want to, uh, want to shed a few pounds. Huh? I'm not going full NSNG as I told him, but, yeah. uh, I'm, I, I was making a game plan with him. So awesome. he's a super nice guy. Well, he will, you know, Vinny's a worker, man. He will go on anybody's podcast. Um, he came on this one. Well, it was a funny deal. Like I did just a little NSNG testimonial, tagged him, didn't really think anything of it. He, you know, messages me back. Hey, I listened to your show. You sounded good. I love to be a guest. Well, I mean, that was five minutes after I released it. So I don't know that he listened to all of it, but, uh, he, uh, did come on my show and I'm like, you know, I did what any podcaster would do. I'm like, sure. I'd love to have you on. Had no idea how I was going to do it. Had to figure it all out. Like, the day before, um, how I was going to record them and this and that. I ended up doing it with a laptop and earbuds through Ecamm, and it sounded terrible. And luckily, I had a friend of mine that saved it for me. And then somewhere down the line, I did a, a Saturday show with him. But that's just an example of a guy that, you know, he'll do whatever he needs to do to be successful. And he tries to, you know, just like Adam, he tries to implore that on other people. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, the guy's running a business, but yeah. I'll tell you, as someone who knows him personally, he he really he enjoys the he enjoys the fact that he is physically helping people and yeah. making people healthier, while also you know trying to grow a business and all that. But you know, I, I've seen him speak to countless people for you know, an hour where he's not getting paid and it's not a phone consultation or whatever, where he'll just, he'll just sit down and, and, and go through it with you because yeah. on top of all of the stuff he's trying to get out there, he just is trying to keep Americans from dying. I no. mean, he's, he just, he's disgusted by a lot of what's permeated our culture. And I, he's just trying to get the word out there and, you know, better people's lives. I, I have no great weight loss story, really. I put on 40 and I lost 40 and it was all in a pretty relatively quick period of time. But, you know, during that time, I I started having some health problems like blood pressure and, and all kinds of stuff. And that went away, too. And, and there was some stuff, you know, just unspoken that went away. Like I never get acid reflux or anything, you know, and I used to. So, good for Yeah, him. I mean, I'm not... I'm not NSNG by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. since Vinny came around, I've probably dropped 30 pounds, maybe more. And it wasn't really a concerted, hardcore NSNG effort, but I didn't change any of my my uh, exercise routine or anything like that. I just kind of started avoiding a lot of the things. Not not um, not a wholesale, but you know, for instance, today we had a really early show and somebody brought in bagels and then a <laughs> yeah. fan came by for a visit. And he brought in bagels nice. and I was sitting there staring at 40, 40 bagels that all look delicious, but <sighs> you know, Vinny says no. So yep. I just, I sort of try to apply his rules when I can. And you know, that's not to say that one morning a month, I don't grab a bagel sandwich when everyone is right. making the run, but I just do my vets to avoid the shit that he says is bad. You know, when I go to Starbucks, now I get the heavy whipping cream instead of the, sweetener or whatever. Yep. It's just, I do little things like that. And I, 
it's been great for me too. So, you know, we've done um, little things around guess, the house. I like guess that. what I'm saying is if people are scared of how hardcore his NSMG thing is, just try to start applying the suggestions where you can. And you'd be surprised how even that will be helpful. Yeah, the big ones like, you know, we've done in the house, really, we cut out sodas and gone to sparkling water. I, I actually have a refrigerator that makes soda water now. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, you know, the kids. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, God, yes. It's, it's the most amazing. I need that. It was just the most amazing thing. You just put a little vodka over ice and splash in the soda water from your fridge. It's like enabling me. So, <laughs> but, um, now no, the- that's the other, that was the other big thing for me was switching from, uh, rum and coke to vodka soda. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a big one for me too. So, yeah, I'd love that fridge. That sounds awesome. But but the kids actually quit drinking soda, and that made a big difference, like, uh, uh, athletically as well, for especially my older son, you know, because, you know, as you get older, your body starts, you know, reacting a little differently to things. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and, and there's been some positive changes here, too. Um, you know, you know, my wife comes in a family that's all sugar, all great. I can't believe we, we kind of went off on this subject here, but uh, but definitely improvements have been made. And I'm Jewish, just like you, and it's... Really hard to turn down the bagel, man. <laughs> Especially the everything bagel. That's well, just to, just to clarify, that's a common misconception. I was raised Catholic. I just happened oh. to join a Jewish frat sort of by accident. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Okay. That's why it's, it's kind of unusual. No, it's okay. You would um, see where I would jump I, to that. I'm as, I think I'm as honorary a member as you can become. I mean, cool, cool, cool. I, all of my friends are are with from that uh that persuasion. So, uh, well, you're from New York. I'm, I'm very well versed, but uh, not a... Uh, not a full blown member of the tribe. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's all right. Uh, but you don't have to be you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate a delicious oh goddamn bagel. God. Come on. No kidding. I, I remember the first time I ever went to an Einstein's. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it was amazing. Yeah. All right. Now, um, I have I got to put you on the spot. We were talking about Vinny Tortoise. Why do you guys always kick him out before he can listen to the news and crack wise? Um. Same reason we usually kick Joe Coy out. Same reason we usually <laughs> kick David Wilde out. It's just kind of the format of yeah. the show. Gotcha. Um, you've already got three voices in there between Adam Bald and Gina. Right. So if you're bringing in a guest, you know, I God, God love Vinny, and he's he's good. Yeah. But and better than most. But you know, he's not necessarily um, Adam, Brian, or Gina level of on the mic, rolling no, with it uh, type of thing. So it tends to it, it can tend to slow things down because then that person's trying to get their opinion in you're trying to interview the guest it just it can get clunky it's uh you know four four voices on the mic is a healthy number and so we try to split it up so gotcha. there's the first half of show guests which are typically you're recurring you know David Wilde Joe Coy Jenny Tortorich and then your second half which uh which has your main guest of the day um right that being said, I mean we've had him we've had him stay before for uh I think the last time we had him stay was a Kevin Hench uh show, but uh you know, it's that's just the way I choose to structure the show. No, I I, I totally get it. I was I just was curious. So um now I'd yeah. like to ask you one final question. I we, we really kinda went over it, but I just want to ask you specifically, what advice would you give to a young up-and-coming podcaster, especially those, someone that would be hesitant because they don't think they have the right equipment and resources? Uh, podcaster, not podcast producer, correct? Correct, a podcaster. Someone that doesn't think they could do it, you know, so think it's too hard. Reps, just start. I mean, listen, 
if you're if you really want to do it, mm-hmm. you'll figure it out. Right. You've got things like your podcasting group. There are countless. I mean, I can't say that anyone's ever tweeted me asking for advice on mm-hmm. on help with their podcast that I've ignored that I can think of. I mean, maybe it's happened, but I guess my point is that the people who know how to do this shit are usually pretty accessible. I mean, young Jamie from JRE is on Twitter and interacting with people and on Instagram and interacting with people. My Twitter's public, you know, you can tweet at me and tweet at Dawson. So, you know, just start doing it. Um, if you are embarrassed with the product and you don't like it, it's, it's great. It's not live radio. Don't release it, but put it on your desktop and then do, you know, do it consistently, do it, you know, whatever you, whatever you can fit in your schedule once a week, three times a week, whatever, mm-hmm. but take that first one and put it on your desktop and don't release it and decide you don't like it and listen 10 down the road and see if it sounds better. And if it does, then, well, what have you been doing differently? And what can you do differently to clean up what you don't like about episode 10? And then when you get to a point where you're happy with it, start putting it out and just keep at it. And reps with anything will, will help. I'm, I am way better at my job than I was when I first started. That's, that's undeniable. I don't think anyone, including Ace, would argue with that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, I would say there, there is, in my opinion, there is almost no barrier to entry. It's, you can do it all for pretty cheap. You can start with very cheap gear and, you know, improve your gear as your, as your show grows or as you start to get gain traction or just as you want to. Um, but if you're, if you, if you're scared to do it, that's good. Just mm-hmm. do it and, you know, keep listening back and keep self-assessing and go to these, these assets, you know, go to the beginning podcasting for beginners, Facebook group, check that out, ask other people what they're doing and what, you know, this is, this is the snip. This is the problem I'm having with this that I don't like, you know, what are you doing? I'll right. oh, put a high pass filter on it or whatever. Right. So I, I would just say, just, just do it and you will get better and you will start to figure things out and, Use the assets that are out there. There's Facebook groups, there's Twitter accounts, there's not, there's all kinds of stuff. So I, if you, if you think that you've got a show in mind or a point of view that people will listen to, the techno, the technological aspect of it should not be what stands in your way. That is a uh, fantastic advice, and I will definitely post this show in the group as it, it will be useful some, for some, for sure, because I have people in the group that haven't started their podcast and uh you know they're just hanging around waiting for the right right way to do it and like you said you just you know get your reps in and do it man but uh well thank you so much for coming on i mean where can we find you if there's anything you'd like to promote um you can find me locked to a soundboard at the corolla studios (laughs) um no you can follow me uh you can follow me on twitter at g patrick smith and then uh you know follow the corolla shows follow uh Follow all the stuff that's going on over there. Reasonable Doubt, as I said, is kind of my favorite currently. Um, but I think that's because I have a man crush on Mark. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we've got all the properties. You mentioned Ace on the House. We've got CarCast. We've got the Adam Carolla Show, Adam and Drew. Some people don't realize it's a thing, which is just basically Loveline with swearing, yep. um, which is an excellent show. So just check out all the properties. You can find it all at AdamCarolla.com. And we got the alcohol business at Corolla Drinks, and we got the movie business over at Chassis.com, C-H-A-S-S-Y. I mean, just go check all that stuff out. I'm a company man, so awesome. my Twitter is really all I want to plug for myself. That's just so that if you post this in the group, people can ask me questions if they so desire. 
Fantastic, man. Well, thanks again for uh, coming on. It was a real pleasure, and I, I certainly hope we can do this again sometime. Sure, I'd be happy to, man. My pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, thanks again. Next time we got to talk some MMA. Yeah, we didn't, did we? We will for sure. We will. <laughs> All right. All right. Next time. All right, man. Bye. What? Later. Awesome. I got uh, so wrapped up in what we were talking about, I totally forgot about how we met, which was our love of MMA. So, my apologies, Gary. There will be a next time. We will talk some MMA. Another great one in the books. Thanks so much for listening. And all the links of the things we talked about will be in the show notes. Until next time, Shalom. Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app lets you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple podcasts, no extra charge. Have a YouTube channel? Spreaker has that covered. Effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcasts to Spreaker without losing your current iTunes subscribers. Try any plan for free for 30 days using promo code ASW.